Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, today, and good afternoon to new folks. Great to see you. Today, we continue our series on Nehemiah, and we're into the fourth chapter. And last week, Steph spoke about this huge and dynamic team working on the rebuild of the wall of in Jerusalem. Now, this Jerusalem had been in rubbles for many decades, and the people had mainly been taken to Babylon, and just the weaker ones left in Jerusalem. So, so the backstory is that they see the chance, Nehemiah sees the chance to um, start this wall, to rebuild Jerusalem. And, and the story of Nehemiah is about this journey of finding provision, finding favour, starting the wall, and then and getting a great team together. That's what we discussed about last week. A great team and people maybe changing their roles and being really flexible. Um, and so it's gone really well until now. And then now it's clear that this wall is being rebuilt and there's opposition. So that's what this chapter is about, the opposition. To summarise this, you know, all these verses uh, Matt was sharing is that there's three stages really in this. The opposition starts with ridicule, public humiliation in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria. Now, that's quite a lot of people to be humiliated in front of. And the army of Samaria, well, Samaria represents a people where the Jews weren't welcome. They weren't best mates. And what happens as a counter move to that is prayer. And it's an honest and heart rendering prayer. And prayer strengthens and gives them the resolve to rebuild the wall till all of it reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. In the second stage, the enemy builds alliances there's a whole set of people mentioned here. There's Sambalat, there's Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod, all hearing that the gaps in the wall were being closed, and they were very angry. They were, this escalates the attack, and they plot to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble. Once again, prayer is the counter move. Plus Nehemiah posts a guard on both day and night to meet this threat. And as I was writing this, I, I, I'm, you know, we're really quite close amongst the Minster people here. And I hear stories of how people are praying. And it's a real privilege to, to know people that well. And one of my mates, she, she's up in the middle of the night sometimes praying. And, and I hear this and I'm just so encouraged that, People do, there are people day and night praying in the minster. So then, then in the final stage, the pressure is heaped on from all sides and the Nehemiah comes up with a detailed plan and response. And that's the bit I'm going to be concentrating on today. But before I go into this bit, the end bit, let's look a bit more at stage one and two in a touch more detail. So in stage one, Sambalat focuses on humiliation. And I don't know about you, but this can be hard to bear when we are publicly humiliated. Some of you may have childhood memories of taunts from your school days that still haunt you now. 
things that have shaped and formed you, or perhaps hurtful words from loved ones that flash into your head from time to time. Words like, you're not good enough. You'll never be as successful as your sister or brother. This is a key tactic of the enemy to weaken our confidence. But our, our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is, is the powers of darkness, is Satan. And he is called the accuser. And that's what he does. He tries to get in our heads. But Nehemiah prayed. He prayed strongly. And it says the people rebuilt the wall to half its height. For the people worked with all their heart. So there's a battle here and it's the response is both spiritual and material. So and there's a guy called Walter Wink who writes a book, Engaging the Powers. And in it, he explains that there are five worldviews. There are spiritualistic, materialistic, theological, ancient biblical and integral. And since Enlightenment times, the contemporary view of power drew strong assumptions from the materialistic world. But the spiritualistic world views real power as holy spiritual, one from heaven and not based on earthly structures. And then the third one, the biblical worldview of power is fluid, but it uses Greek words, arche, archon, and they're used for the same things. They're used for spiritual and material. And Walter Wink says that this language is imprecise. So some of the clarity has been lost. The word arche often refers to the actual structure and archon to the executive of that structure. So this in part explains this confusion in modern thinking, which seems to separate the secular, seem to separate the world from the church. But actually, there's an integral worldview, which is the final of the five, which brings material and spiritual together. Our battle is both in the real reality of life and in the spiritual. And, and we see, see in this stage one that both responses are needed to this humiliation. There's prayer and there's work and whole hearts are committed into this. And this sees breakthrough. So going on to the second stage, the enemy builds alliances to escalate the opposition, to make a plot. And the people pray and post a guard day and night. And again, we see both spiritual and practical moves in response. But meanwhile, there is also attack from the people in Judah themselves who say the strength of the laborers is giving out and there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. And similarly, the Jews say 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. And these people in Judah and the Jews are meant to be on the same side as Nehemiah. And how discouraging it is when people on our own side, the size of faith, can only see the challenges and not the opportunities. The Minster's mission is to make Jesus known in Telford, a town which has registered some of the lowest numbers of people attending church in the nation. However, 
I believe that God chooses the small to show that he is the deliverer. And it says in Zechariah, the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel is not by mighty power, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So, guys, when what you see is not everything. There's so much invisible action happening that we need to be really aware that God is at work. And that encouraging word that Harry gave of the, the building work of the, of the new things and the sense of, of what God is doing in Telford can be palpable at times. And we're really encouraged by that. And, and I'm really encouraged because 10 years ago, I had this like call to pray 24-7 for Telford. And at the time, I was also encouraged by the book of Nehemiah. And the first time we, we prayed, it ended up in, of having a night of prayer in different churches all the way around Telford. And we did it like a clockwise circle around the town. And it gave a real sense of, of the state of Telford, the state of walls. But we prayed over the next three and a half years. We prayed seven times around the town. In all of this, hoping and praying that Telford would have a spiritual heart. And by the grace of God, we have, haven't we? We've got a beautiful new building coming in the midst of a reclaimed area, South Water, which was pretty naff before. And it's beautiful now. Telford Town Park is kind of won competitions nationally as the best town park. So aren't we lucky that God's beautiful spiritual heart is, is going to be displayed in all its love and kindness in, in, in it. So, so those are the first two stages. And the final stage is like quite hard, isn't it? Look at this. The pressure is heaped on from all sides. And Nehemiah comes up with a detailed plan and response. He stations people at the lowest and most exposed points of the wall. And those people are in family groups with an array of weapons. So what are those weapons? Well, just that worship today. When you hear the songs we sing and you see the weapons God's given us, He's given us praise. Praise is an amazing breakthrough. He's given us testimony of his faithfulness. You know, to look back and see what has God done in our lives and how can that encourage us to keep going when the chips are down. And he gives us the spiritual gifts of words, pictures and scriptures. And when I was thinking about these family groupings, that's really, really helpful now we're meeting in villages where the, we can be and pray together and encourage each other. We can open, be open about our vulnerabilities and we can find support and help from our other people in the Minster, in our villages. So God is giving us the weapons. And we can pray in tongues, strengthening our inner man. 
so this really the, the, the plotters could see that the the Israelis that the people building the wall were no no mean target that they had already covered the bases and Nehemiah reviewed the defense and he offered encouragement and he said don't be afraid remember the Lord who is great and awesome fight for your brothers your sons and daughters your wives and your homes So the work on the wall resumed. But not only did the work resume on the wall, there was a vast array of tactics came into play as well. And it's funny, I'm I'm sort of some, sometimes a very big picture person, but as I read through this, every there was actually eight points that, that Nehemiah used to build defence. And each of them I could see how important they were um and our defense you know it's the battle isn't against flesh and blood but it says in ephesians it's against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms so we consider these tactics understanding that a lot of what we face in telford is a spiritual battle and these are opposing forces to the kingdom growing in Telford. So what does Nehemiah do first? He splits the team into builders and defenders. The people praying are just as important as the people building. And our role is to hold each other, to hold each of the team in prayer. Often when you think about church life, there's a 20%, 80% split with 20% of people doing the work and 80% of people just turning up as consumers. However, in this advance, everyone was involved. If you weren't building, you were ready to fight. In our cases, we should be praying for one another. Secondly, the officers stood and held the position behind the builders, between the builders. They effectively had their backs. Their presence would have been encouraging. They did not leave the builders to get on with it by themselves. Instead, they were visibly supportive. And this shows a key aspect of leadership, which is to be present and accessible, not distant and uninterested. So what can we learn from this? either in the workplace or in our families, if we're leaders or we're looking after people, people are in our care, or we're modeling um, good behavior. And I'm just seeing Terry there thinking about Terry on his sort of journeys, um, early journeys, starting the day, helping us keep clean streets and clean houses and moving our rubbish bins. You know, that him actually being part of the team is just so important. Um, you know, he's a leader in that team because he's he's showing and modelling how to live wholesome life. Secondly, uh, yeah, so that's that's that officer standing and holding position behind the builders. But just to let you into a little bit of history in our life, our family life, both my husband, Dave, and myself were military officers. 
Um, Dave was full time in the Air Force, and I I was a TA officer who went. I went to Sandhurst while I was at uni. And some of what happens in the next steps just mirrors what happens when a soldier is on exercise, because everyone working on the wall carried or wore a weapon. Plus, there was a separate group to defend the workers. So when I recalled what it was like going on exercise in, in the OTC in Oxford, we, likewise, when we carried a rifle, we had to keep it with us at all times. We were never to leave it unattended. And if a weapon was found unattended, it was a military offence. Similarly, there was always a guard duty to provide a watch during the night. And on exercise, we slept in our uniforms and had to take our weapons with us, even when we went to the loo. But these physical weapons, we are are not fighting a battle against flesh and blood, but we're fighting a spiritual battle. And these physical weapons are prayer weapons. And Paul says in Ephesians that we are to pray in the spirit at all times. So thirdly, Nehemiah, he he kind of asked those who were bringing supplies to the wall to have a weapon in hand as well as their provisions. Thirdly, so I'm basically going through the points that Nehemiah put in, you know, points as to how he put his fences in while he was building the wall. And um, so... What the point I was illustrating was the officers were behind the back. People were behind the backs of those buildings. They were supporting them. They were visibly present. But the next point is that those who brought supplies to the wall also had a weapon in hand as well as provisions. And it kind of illustrates that those who bring resources to the building of something must also pray, pray and bring resources and those of you who maybe give to charities like tier fund or even resource we know kevin here we get a prayer letter as well and uh, so it's good to pray and give and so that was the third area we built defenses and fourthly each of the builders wore his sword by his side showing that the builders were ready to fight if necessary. They had their own personal protection with them while they were on the task. And so do you have personal protection with you when you go out to work or to school? The Lord's Prayer starts with, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And that's our daily prayer, isn't it? That wherever we go, we will see his kingdom come and we'll be open to what the Lord says to us in bringing his kingdom. But it also says, deliver us from evil. So we need to be aware that there will be opposition. But thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. So God is always with us. And the Great Commission says, go out and make disciples. So how are we praying as we go? Have we, when we go out, our sword with us? Have we a word of scripture for the day? Have we had our quiet time before we start the day? So we have a fresh, a fresh sort of unction from God, a fresh 
understanding, fresh inspiration from the day as to how he wants us to move forward. Fifthly, the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with Nehemiah. Who are the trumpet sounders here, might I ask? I know some of you are really good at gathering people to pray. For us in this new world of technology, not so new world, we have a minster WhatsApp group. And I hope everyone's on it. Because as a prayer need gets posted on there, that's, that just enables us all to rally round and pray for one another as situations come up. And as it says in verse 20 of chapter 4, that our God will fight for us. So that's our trumpet, isn't it, as Minster? You know, if there is a need, don't hide it, share it, and we can all rally round and pray together. Sixthly, it says the men worked by day and guarded by night. This was a 24-hour operation. Who here has been woken up by the Lord in the middle of the night to pray for something? Yeah. Often it is in the quiet of the night that we hear the Lord most clearly. And we absolutely know he's spoken. And sometimes it's before we got to do something scary. Like a few years ago on Pentecost, I had to lead a walk from Shrewsbury to Telford. And I was a bit worried. It was quite long, yes. <laughs> um, the bishop was coming and I just wanted to go quite well. And uh, But in the middle of the night, I just heard the word, the strong name of the Trinity. Now, I've always had a particular love of the Trinity. But to hear the strong name of the Trinity, I thought, wow, that, that really means that God's going to be with me on this day. And uh, the walk went really well. It didn't rain like it's rained <laughs> today, back and forward. And it turned out to be a wonderful day. And we had a great speaker at the end of it. Kate Coleman spoke and even a couple of our yellow ribbon guys joined in with the service. But it wasn't until the end of the day and I was looking at things, what does that mean? What is the strong name of the Trinity and why did I get that word? And then I looked at it and it's actually the start of uh, St. Patrick's Breastplate. And if you look at that, if you get a chance, if you take anything from this talk and get a chance to look into it, look at that prayer, that St. Patrick's Breastplate. It's the most in hugely strong prayer invoking the spiritual might against evil and St Patrick was an amazing saint that turned Ireland to Christ so the harder your challenge the greater your prayer and the greater the battle and uh, we are on a battle to see Jesus be known in Telford so the seventh thing here is that all of the Jews stayed in their clothes day and night, signifying that they were always ready to move if necessary. And finally, in verse 23, it says that even had their weapon, even when they went for water, they had their weapon. And uh, I don't know about you, but it's often when I take a short trip to the loo, that I find that stepping away from just the melee, I just, God speaks to me or I kind of 
have a bit of perspective on what I'm doing and and I go back into the meeting or back into what I'm doing with a fresh understanding. So just, and some people do it by actually putting their phones, they might just go, I'm going to stop for a minute and breathe and just have some silence and pray. And they just allow God to come into the moment to give them fresh insight. So, um, yeah, build in those times of going to water or the loo and thinking about the Lord or brushing your hair or whatever it is that just going to get for the kettle on. Um, I think I heard yesterday this story about somebody who gets really impatient, but when they put the kettle on, they pray now because it's a time when they have to stop. You know, it's time to stop and be with God and, and use that weapon of prayer. So, so today we've considered huge, significant opposition that Nehemiah had faced in rebuilding the wall. Firstly, humiliation. Sambalat, the accuser, saying it was impossible. So he prayed and the people went to work with their whole heart. Secondly, the enemy put together an alliance and mounted a plot. But this was frustrated by God through the nifty tactics of carefully positioning a defence at the weak points and praying. And hey, guys, isn't it great when we can get together in small groups? And we will be, you know, from next Sunday on, we can pray for each other on a Sunday in a much easier way than in Zoom rooms. So that'll be lovely. And finally, as the wall building resumed against negative comments from people on the home side, our strength, strong and defence was raised up. Lots of different facets of how we can build in prayer to our daily lives. And so the greater the challenge, the greater the spiritual attack and the greater the prayer. Paul says in Ephesians, pray in the spirit at all times. So going back to monks, to St. Patrick, when the monks established monasteries, they prayed throughout the day. And some said as many as 50 psalms in a day. And the great saints like Cuthbert from Lindisfarne were known to stay up overnight praying. And to the point that they actually prayed in water, in a cold stream in the Thumberland to uh, stay awake. Can you imagine it? But boy, did God move. God moved. And they are remembered even today. So I, I haven't plot found any streams for everyone to stand in, but uh, but that's the length of it. So Telford, if you think about Telford, we are in a modern town, but we're surrounded by prayer that's happened in the centuries. We're built Abbey, Wenlock Irie, White Ladies Chapel. There's been prayer here all around our town. So, and we we are the latest. Uh, response to it and we we are praying for this building work the building work of the kingdom and the minster and we're entering it into our whole heart and covering everything in prayer so thanks for bearing with the jump from media to media um it'd be great if we could have a song now and just a time to listen to God.
thanks Harry and uh, worship and as we worship there may be some memories that God has disturbed through this talk memories where there may have been humiliation in your past and the things just dog into your head I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will run like living water through those memories. Thank you that, God, you are the God of today, you're the God of yesterday, and you're the God of tomorrow, and that you can go in our past and heal. And God, we pray for the ongoing growth of the kingdom in Telford. Lord, give us tactics. Help us praise you. Help us use testimony. Help us pray for each other. Help us pray in tongues daily to see your kingdom come. Amen.